Kickbump Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung, and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kick Bump Kick Pod, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. Hi guys, welcome back. I'm so excited to be chatting to you today. First of all, I want to start off by saying thank you so much for allowing me the space to vent and chat all things motherhood. I am so grateful for this podcast. I'm so grateful for you as listeners because I am absolutely one of those moms who really wants to chat about Harvey all the time or really, you know, like if I'm sitting at a table, wants to like show him off and like show photos of what he ate yesterday or like this step that he took. And I know not everyone is into it. And so I've like really tried to like rein it in and not do it with everyone that I sit with. But this podcast is like, I mean, you're listening to the Kick Bump podcast. So you have somewhat of an interest in motherhood or babies or Harvey. And so thank you for being here because I feel so, I'm like in such a safe space to just really vent and talk through a diff, like a range of different things. So thank you. And um, I am really excited for today's chat. It was such a goodie. But before we get into it, um, a bit of a Harvey update. So Harvey's walking, which is insane. He's definitely still crawling more than he's walking. So he's not at that stage where he's like walking everywhere. But he is at the stage where he is walking uh, like on his own accord. So he might be standing up at the coffee table and then just turn around and start walking towards the TV, um, which is just insane. It's so crazy because I feel like it took so long for him to build up that confidence in knowing that he could walk forward. Like he's had the strength for quite a while. He's been able to walk assisted, like either holding onto our hands or holding onto his little trolley thing that he has. He's been able to do that for quite a while and he's definitely strong on his legs, but he just hasn't had the confidence to do it unassisted. And then once he did that, it was like, you know, a week of only walking if I had literally popped him up on his feet and Josh was standing like a meter or so away. And I was like, walk to Josh. That was the only time. Well, I don't say Josh. I say walk to dad. Um, That was the only time we could really get him to walk. And it was all fun. But now he's just choosing to walk, which is amazing. And I'm so proud. I fully cried when it first happened. It was just like, this amazing feeling and I was so grateful to have seen it because I've had this like major fear that I was going to miss it and so I was just really grateful that it happened when we were both homesick and he decided to brighten up our day by taking his first steps and yeah I'll be forever grateful for not missing that moment um and then other than that he's he's just doing his thing he's been a few days actually where he's kind of refusing naps and wanting to nap on us a bit more but he has also had like a few like different sniffles and colds and maybe he's had a few viruses so 
I'm thinking it could be, you know, he's going through a bit of a developmental leap. He, it could be his walking that's like disturbing things. Um, and it could just be, I don't know, he just wants a cuddle. He wants a little bit extra love. I am absolutely not complaining. It's been amazing. But it has thrown his routine a little bit of out of whack few days and he is back to early rising. So um, probably like I want to say five out of the seven days of the week, he's waking before 6am. So anytime between 5.30 and 6, he will wake up that way five days of the week and then the other two days he might stretch to quarter past six if he wants to be nice to us so yeah he's still doing that and haven't really not worked out why because I know I'm I'm, I'm not trying to fix him like I know every baby's different and uh he's definitely getting enough sleep so it's not you know, it's not um, that I want him sleeping in. So he's, he's getting enough sleep. He's getting enough sleep even with the early rise. And it's not even about putting him to bed a little bit later because anytime we've done that, he still wakes up early. Um, I think it's just where his, his body clock has kind of set to. And it's actually not too bad. I think it just, it just feels worse now because we're in winter and like I'm getting up and it's dark. And I think that's why it sucks. Whereas like if I was waking up, in summer and I'm waking up to like the sun rising and stuff like that, I'd be totally cool to get up at that time. And I, and I actually love that I've got a few hours every morning with him before I go to work. Um, so it, it is really nice on one hand during the week, I can accept it, but it's like accepting that on the weekends, <laughs> Saturdays and Sunday mornings, we're up from 5.45. Um, yeah, that's, that's still, that's still hard to tackle. <laughs> mentally but it's fine it's fine it's what comes with parenting that's just part of it all uh it's just it's a bit of a it's it's a tough one when you haven't got an extra pair of hands and you might have had a late night but you know what we we get through it because we we have to (laughs) don't we but no we've had uh had a really couple of good weeks though um he had a fever and a flu which was really scary but he's better now Still a bit snotty, but has his energy back, which is nice. It's nice to see the sparkle back in his eye. It's so hard when they're sick. It feels like it fully takes over their, I mean, my own soul. And I know I touched on that in the last um, kick bump episode, so I won't go too much into it. But it is that season. So I am sending love to any mamas or dads out there who have feeling what their child is feeling and are really struggling because they're sick or unwell um, this winter. It's it's tough. So sending you lots of love. And it's even tough when they're well, but you both aren't. Like it's really hard to parent and have the energy to do that when uh, you're both sick. So we'll get there. The sun will, will come back out again and um, hopefully our immune systems can can build back up. I really think it's COVID that, that's really thrown us out and all that time in isolation. But it's okay. We will get through. Um, I did want to have a quick kick mention before we get into the chat. We are still running our $25 for three months of kick sales. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, we have a 50% off offer at the moment for our quarterly sale. So you can get your first three months of kick for $25, which is amazing if you ask me (laughs) Um, and I'll pop the info for that offer in our show notes if you've been thinking of trying kick for kick bump or just the recipes and the community and everything else that comes with it 
we would love to have you. And yeah, I'll put the info in our show notes, but also you can at any time head to our website, www.keepitcleaner.com to learn more. And while I'm talking about Kick and the community, just FYI, if you're a part of our Kick Facebook group community, you will know how special it is. We have been growing our Kick Bump one too. So we have a Kick Bump private Facebook community and you are all welcome as listeners. Please come and join in. We just ask a question before you join, um, but it is such a beautiful, safe space. It's basically a virtual mother's group. You can ask any questions around like exercising with bub, nutrition. Um, also, you can ask anything motherhood related, um, what nappies people prefer, what like sleep training. There's so many different topics that get covered, but also just there's so much support and encouragement. So even if you're just struggling and you just want someone to talk to, it has been such a beautiful space to be a part of and I would love to welcome you there. So just remember you can find our Kick Bump private Facebook community if you're interested. But now to today. So we have a wonderful guest on, Tess Batchelor, who is a doula. I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation and I'm not sure about you guys. Like, obviously, I think if you're listening, then you're probably curious as to what a doula is. But I had only really heard of them and I had a lot of misconceptions about what a doula was and what they did and even what they cost. I was so blown away by the value in having a doula and I'm really excited to share this chat with you because I honestly think that many mums who would be listening to this will probably be like, oh my God, that would have been amazing. And then many mums-to-be might might actually consider this as an option. And it's not for everyone. So it's absolutely not for everyone. And I don't want anyone to feel like they have to listen to this and then like feel pressured to, to go down that path. But I think it's really important to to know your options and I just found it really really fascinating it is such an incredible career and such a cool cool thing to do so it was really awesome to talk to Tess and yeah I hope you enjoy this chat and learning about all things doula as much as I did welcome Tess to the kick bump podcast I'm so excited to chat to you I was just saying offline to Tess how much I do not know about being a doula but before we get into everything doula world tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and and then if you want to lead into what led you to being a doula that would be awesome too thank you so much um So I'm a mum of two young boys, um, Max and Bobby. Um, Max has just turned five and Bobby will be three um, at the end of August. So very fun and chaotic ages um, (laughs) at the moment. Um, I'm married to my husband, Alan, and we've been together since I was 18. And what led me to becoming a doula was really from my own pregnancy and birth experiences. So I had um, two high-risk pregnancies. I had an incompetent cervix, so um, I needed a stitch put in, and I had HG uh, or hyperemesis gravidarum, and I was sick um, right throughout my pregnancy. So my pregnancies were just really rough and quite a dark time for me, actually, but my births were very empowering. And, yeah, that opened my eyes to a whole other world, I guess. I didn't even ever think I would do anything birth-related, and, yeah, that's when I discovered what a doula was because up until then I had absolutely no idea what they were. I love that, uh, you know, a magical experience like birth, no matter how, how, how it happens at the end of the day, it's quite a miracle and, and it's magical. I love that something like that had kind of got you into it and it wasn't something that you were interested in prior. Mm-hmm. I, I do find it really fascinating when I meet midwives and, um, 
midwives and I haven't met many doulas, so I'm just going to say midwives. I was going to say and doulas um, who are so, so passionate and you can see it in them, but they haven't experienced it yet because I, I almost feel like saying to them like, oh my God, I would love to, to, to talk to you afterwards because it must just like, I don't know, it must just feel like this most the most amazing ride after learning so much about it and being there for so many other women then experiencing yourself. I, I couldn't imagine. So it's really cool to hear that you kind of did it the other way around. Now, there might be a lot of people who are like me who's kind of heard of the word doula and might have heard people speak about having one before but don't really know what a doula is or what they do. So if you could start from the basics, um, what what is a doula? What do you do? <laughs> Yeah, so I really struggle to answer this because aside from being a non-medical support person, every doula is completely different in their Mm -hmm. approach to doula work. But for me, I kind of liken it to a really close friend or a maid of honour type of figure, I guess, someone that you're really comfy with and that's in your corner, on the ride with you, will be able to advocate for you um, and who's really going to make you feel safe, heard and seen. That's like my biggest thing. Um, A doula to me, you know, we focus a lot on um, building a strong friendship and relationship. That's both with mum and dad or mum and partner. They're very much included in this. Um, and we do all that so that they can feel really safe with me and then we also look at lots of practical things um, like preparing lots of education um, understanding what's happening in your body um, how to design a birth map knowing your options um, empowering the partner so they can feel really comfy and confident to support mum we look at a heap of different things you know planning um, for a sustainable and positive postpartum experience like there's so much and we'll probably uncover heaps as we go but for me as well I'm really passionate about all things women-centered and family-centered care I love everything about pregnancy birth and postpartum really in that but I guess my two passion points um would be around continuity of care and informed decision making. So those two points are really what I um, are at the core of why I do what I do. And I've intentionally intertwined that into my own packages. So that's where the next door could be different. So it's yeah, really important you find the right one for you. And for me, it just really boils down to wanting better outcomes for women. So that's that's why I do what I do and that's my key driver. I love the the first description you used as kind of um, like a maid of honor. I can I can see that. That's so good. From your experience of the parents that you've looked after and the mums that you have looked after, is there some sort of pattern of the type of parent that you that you tend to support or do you kind of help a wide range of mums like I'm talking is it usually someone who might have experienced pregnancy loss they might have had a traumatic birth the first time around or is it like first time parents single parents is there any pattern or do you kind of is has it been a huge variety for you yeah it varies a lot and I've worked with so many different women and families lots of different dynamics but yeah a common theme that I do see actually would be um, second and third time mums and families that have come away from their first experience feeling really 
either let down all the way to traumatized. Um, and, you know, one in three women are coming away from their experience feeling like that right now, which is just so sad and so crazy. Um, and so I work with a lot of second and third time families who really want to rewrite their story um, and who want to get their power back and just position themselves as a leader this time around, you know, and, and not feel like things are happening to them, but rather with them and that they have that voice. So, yeah, I, I come across that a fair bit. That's a little pattern there. I think I could see that too in the way of like I was speaking to someone the other day. I feel like when uh, from the second time mums that I've heard uh, that I've spoken to, it's almost like the people kind of um, jump around you and hold your hand and support you and everything for your first. It's because it's like new and exciting and it might, you might be the first of like your family or your friends and you feel really supported with that first one. But then it's like second time around, it's like everyone thinks, oh, they've got this, they've done this before. And it's like a little bit less exciting. So you might not feel that support just as much. And I, I wondered like if not only if it was just like they might have had a traumatic first birth experience or if it was really that they realized through going through it the first time that all of these things kind of does take like a village. Uh, you really do need that support. And it's like this time around, I'm going to get some extra help and I need someone there. So I totally feel yeah. that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's the same kind of for postpartum as well. I think a lot of us, we don't know what to expect. So then when it gets to postpartum, I see a lot of second and third time mums actually who have already had a baby and have got a toddler now and they're going to have another baby. They also want to have that support postnatally because they're like, I just, I can't envision how I'm going to juggle this or how I'm going to show up for a toddler and a baby and myself. And yeah, I see that, that as well in what I do. And that was my next question was kind of around the stage in which most parents kind of get you on board for support like is it more often than not you know from the start of the pregnancy from a certain trimester onwards um, really just around the birth or is it in that postpartum period or is it all of the above like what's kind of common for you in in your support yeah so there's really not a particular time as such that that I get engaged it's a bit all sporadic um, predominantly um, I work with families from pregnancy and then that carries right through birth and to postpartum. Um, I do have a few that I work just postnatally that that discover me and, and engage with me and I love that. But a lot of the time it's being on that journey. Um, so for me, yeah, it's, it's not really a, a time that's the best to engage with me. But the big thing that I think um, to note on that would be just to make sure there's enough time to, to build that strong friendship and relationship together. Um, and then in regards to mum looking at having a doula on her team, I just say like it's really important to give herself enough time to find the right one because we're all different. Um, I think like in, in saying that, that we're all different. For me, um, I'm a bit more practical in my approach to dual work and have a sprinkle of spirituality on the side of it or on the top, I guess. And then the next doula um, would be maybe a bit more spiritual and intertwine alternative practices and, you know, have the practicality on the side of that. So you just got to like look into your lifestyle and, and what would really mesh well with you and then yeah go from there I think is is the key yeah amazing and I feel like with the with your because as you said every duel is different and I'm sure they kind of support or promote um, different things but for you do you specialize in any particular type of birthing plan or are you kind of there for the the mum from home birth to plan c-sections to anything in between 
Yeah, so I I support all birth. I support feedback. I support vaginal birth, cesarean, you name it. Um, I haven't supported many cesareans. It just hasn't transpired that way, but 100% I would. Um, and I'm also, yeah, trained in birth cartography, which is just a really fancy way of saying birth mapping. So it, it, it allows us to really um, look at all the different pathways together and, and work out what's the most ideal and then look at the contingency. So you know, if you wanted to have a vaginal birth or a natural birth and it didn't go that way, how can we plan for that? Catherine Bell is an author of the book, The Birth Map, and I 100% recommend it to everyone. She goes through a, a range of all your options and heaps of important info. And the beauty is that it's reflective of our Australian maternity system. Um, there's heaps of books out there. I'm sure when you um, were pregnant, you were looking at lots of different things out there. And um, Ina May Gaskin is one that's awesome and there's heaps of people recommend that, but her books um, are reflective of the American system. So I love that this one um, is Australian. So I highly recommend having a look at that one as well. It's really good. That's awesome. And I think it's just so important to remember that like going into birth it's so important to to feel educated because I mean I always when I was going into birth I always had in my mind that I didn't want a birth plan uh just because my mom even used to speak of some of her friends who were like so um attached to a certain plan and when it didn't go that way they were quite traumatized and really upset about it for a long period of time whereas my mom uh had my brother like four and a half weeks early and she hadn't even got up to that part of her book she said when when so she had no idea what was going on when she went into birth and she said while she definitely wished she was more educated in what was going on because she just felt like a bit of a didn't have any idea what was going on um she was kind of grateful at the same time because she was kind of okay to go with the flow and and just yeah it just happened for her and I think it's important that you know, everyone's empowered to have preferences or to uh, like, 100%. you know, prefer things or whatever. That's fine. But as long as you can, I don't know, be educated that things things often don't go to plan, I think, when it comes to birth more often than not. And I think that's really special. Yeah, not a, um, a birth that I've supported has gone to plan, mm. um, but it's always, you know, yeah, that, that's where that education piece comes into it because, then when it does sort of, you know, take a bit of a detour, I suppose, from the map, um, you're able to still be informed and empowered to make the decisions now that, that you know, um, that align for you and you're not feeling like things are happening to you. You're very much a part of that and active in those decisions and, and what's going to happen from there on. So it's really important to have that education 100% just to fall back on. Oh, 100%. And with your support during birth, I'm sure again, it's, it changes from parent to parent. But what is yeah, what does that support look like? Are you are you there? Are you like in the weeds? Or what is it like for the for the kind of birthing experience um, when they have your support? Yeah, so for me, I do offer that continuity. So I only support birth that I have really walked that pregnancy journey with them. And then I followed that up postnatally. That's how I do it. The next door will do it differently. Um, but yeah, um, how I support birth is kind of tricky to articulate, but um, because it's so personal and yeah, I guess I'm really in tune with what the women um, and the partner need of me on that day. Um, I do a lot of space holding, to be honest, and being just a safe presence. And I know that can sound a little bit like, oh, I'm not getting my value for money. You're just sort of standing around a little bit. But to be really honest, like 
women don't need a lot sometimes. Mm. They don't need all the bells and whistles. They just need to have someone in their corner who makes them feel safe. And if we zoom out a little bit of the birth bubble um, for a second, like we're so go-go in our day-to-day life, and I'm guilty of that myself, like I am so guilty of just going. Um, But what can serve us is being a bit more mindful. And, yeah, that's where I think like it can be really beneficial for mums a lot of the time it's just to do not a lot and just to be but um from a physical support sense um I do the hip squeezes and the massage and help mum into different positions and also help dad to be able to do that um as well um and then emotionally you know I'm reassuring and encouraging her that she's doing so beautifully because you know I'm, I'm sure you went through it there's a lot of doubt sometimes in your mind and you just need someone there to be that anchor for you um I also emotionally traffic control the space a lot. So I always just step back and I'm frequently asking myself, like, is this environment feeling safe right now? Is oxytocin flowing right now? Um, How's mum feeling? Um, And then making sure, you know, there's no chit-chatting in the background, nothing that can be distracting. Um, The space is really nice and, and dimly lit and just feels really safe and then yeah extending all of that onto onto dad so all the partners so that they feel really comfortable and emotionally involved as well so yeah you look after both in the it's yeah it's hard to articulate because you just do but um that's a little snapshot I think that's awesome <laughs> I think it, I think it's such a it's such a good thing to be aware of I mean I was super fortunate in that uh the obstetrician that I went with I felt incredibly supported and you know throughout my whole pregnancy I was able to text her on any whim and learn a lot from her and felt really connected to her so I felt really really lucky in that because I know that some friends of mine um the obstetrician that they might have gone with or had on the day or even some of the midwives like because you you obviously don't have control over that a lot of the time they haven't had that personal connection and that person who really knows what you want from the experience or knows you as a person enough to like know how to push you or how to support you and people's partners can't always be in the room and obviously there's a lot of people who choose to go through it alone as well so I think it's just such an amazing option of support to have a jeweler I think it's amazing um And I feel like, you know, we obviously touched on getting educated for the birth experience and that's super important. But I feel like it can be so overwhelming learning all about like each trimester as you're going through it and then coming up to the birth, it's like learning about that. I feel like we often forget to educate ourselves on what can go on through the postpartum period because that, again, has so many variants to it. And I, I wonder, like, what does your support look like then for, for people in their postpartum period? Yeah, so in I've got a couple of packages um, and they have different hours of support. So I have different levels of that. But, um, yeah, I have one postpartum only package and that's from zero to five years. So you don't have to be just in your first six weeks or your first year um, because, you know, it can get you at any time you know you never know so there's that and then as well as my continuity of care package that I've got um so um I think like you were saying it's really important because birth is you know there's a lot of focus on that and rightly so like it is the most life-changing day but postpartum is forever um and we really need to look at prenatally, so in the pregnancy when I'm working with my families ideally, ways um, that we can transition smoother and it to be positive and just sustainable, I think, um, is a big one as well. So we look at things um, and educate ourselves on 
on a range of different things um, like newborn baby sleep, feeding, whether that's breastfeeding or bottle feeding, um, food, village, body recovery and rest. And that's, they're my key topics that I like to explore and unpack. So with normal baby sleep, that looks like waking really frequently. So uncovering that could prompt you to then look at outsourcing or, you know, that might be having a doula on your team, having your family come a couple of times a week or even on the other end being like, I just want to limit visitors so that I can have a bit more rest throughout the day. Um, feeding and looking into that. I personally struggled with breastfeeding. I thought it was like the movies and you pop them on and away you go. And it just was not like that for me at all. Um, and I really wish I was more educated in that. Looking back, I, I was so naive and I didn't, didn't know what I didn't know. And that's the same for so many people out there. Um, food that could look like prepping and stocking your freezer so you, you know you just don't have to even think about that or you don't have to worry about the groceries and getting a baby in and out um, all of that kind of stuff um, or outsourcing I know that locally we've got some beautiful women that help out um, and then in Melbourne there's like the golden month and mama goodness and all of those they're great and then body recovery um, is crucial and something that it's actually such a priority that we just don't really focus on um, because there's a dinner size plate wound from your placenta internally, like it's a huge wound. And I think if it was on the outside, we, society would definitely, um, it, it would be, you know, more promoting rest versus bounce back culture for sure. Um, but even doing up a resource list for yourself, like to get a women's health physio, to get an IBCLC, to look at all of that stuff ahead of time so that, you know, when you are in the thick of it, you can turn to the, that resource guide and go, okay, that's who I need to call. That's what I need to do. Um, it can really relieve a lot of that mental <laughs> pressure and, and, you know, all the craziness that's going on for you. In my postpartum visits, I literally ask mum, what is, what can I do today that's going to help you? Um, and that might be doing some dishes, folding some washing, um, holding the baby so that mum can just have her hands free and get that hot coffee down. I always bring snacks. I always bring meals. I always bring coffee and chai or whatever it is that you like. And, and yeah, really try and support in that way. Um, and then emotionally, um, I support I support my families too in postpartum because it can be a really rocky time, like we've said. Um, you think about it, it's taken nine months for your hormones to rise and then you give birth and then boom, you've just, like, they're gone. So you can get a little bit ghosted in that and it can be a, a transition there and we can feel a bit fragile So um, and really vulnerable. And I think, um, you know, birth is very vulnerable because we're physically naked and we're quite exposed and, and I fully get that. But um, postpartum is equally as, mm. as vulnerable because we're emotionally naked and exposed and you can be the most successful person in the world and have all of these amazing life experiences and then when you can't work out why your baby's crying and you don't know how to soothe them, it, it's, it's overwhelming for anyone. Um, so having someone to really hold that space for you is actually so important. And in that, I don't fix or save or, or do anything. I just acknowledge and validate and 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 help them because yeah, it, we can feel like we're going a bit mad at times. Um, I'm yeah, three years and five years postpartum. I still feel like I'm going mad sometimes. Yeah. So we, we're all in that. Like, um, but yeah, just having someone there in your corner, it's it goes such a long way. God, it sounds amazing. It's. <laughs> sounds like you're an angel it's like I would absolutely that's amazing <laughs> all of that stuff that's so much obviously now obviously for for that 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 would 
come at a cost. Like no one's listening to this podcast thinking like jewelers yeah. are free. Um, but on average, like what, how much does a jeweler cost? And again, I understand that like any industry, there would be, you know, dif- differences in prices and all that sort of stuff. But kind of on average, is there different levels of support as well that you offer um, or yeah. is it more of a just kind of one package, one size fits all approach? Yeah, so um, with a doula cost, um, yeah, it's obviously so dependent on who you go with and what they include in their package. So for me, I have um, a few different offerings. Um, I have um, a HD support package um, and that's under a thousand. Then I have a postpartum only package. It's a little bit more. And then the one that's, you know, got pregnancy, birth and postpartum, that's a few thousand dollars. Um, it really depends on the level of support and, you know, what you're including, like on call is a huge mm. commitment, food, snacks, um, you know, all of that stuff weighs into mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have got a virtual package um, where I've just designed um designed it recently and it's about knowing your options and building a birth map and because it's via zoom it's two hundred dollars it's a once-off investment and we're done so it really depends on yeah the time that that we're going to be working together because i've worked with some families for nine ten months before so Mm -hmm. it's quite a long stretch of time and then in terms of it being a one-size-fits-all it's absolutely not it's so tailored um and so personalized to each woman and family um I feel like when I had my eldest son Max that the system was very one size fits all I actually really found that um but the thing with doulas is as we're able to customize the experience because we're employed by the families not by the hospital so we we have a bit more freedom within the framework um and yeah it's less red tape for us which is amazing for us but it's also so beneficial for mum and dad like yeah they they get this experience that's really tailored to them and their lifestyle and their their present needs which is yeah really special so special and so absolutely worth it that's so interesting I um I feel like that's incredibly reasonable for your time and everything that you just explained that's amazing because you're basically investing well if a mum was to to get a doula they're basically investing in both their physical, mental and emotional health and well-being for for quite a long stretch of time. I think that's so incredible. Um, I can imagine, obviously, you come with many benefits, (laughs) Um, but what would be like the one piece of feedback or one thing that people tend to tell you that they love most about working with you? Um, Probably that they love the continuity piece because they don't have to repeat the story, so they love that and love feeling heard. Um, But the other thing that I get told a fair bit would be um, in the initial stages that, you know, mum and dad are are very keen to have me on board because they think, oh, you know, this should be really handy in the birth and then postpartum it'll be so great because we'll have, you know, help physical support with the dishes and washing and she'll help with meals and snacks and playing with older kids and they love that. But then it's so funny they end up flipping a little bit and go, I, I didn't realise how much I needed you for my emotional well-being. Mm. Um, and I hear that so often and it's so funny because I'm, I'm a bit the same. When you're buying something, when you're purchasing something, you want to sort of have, you want to see what your, you know, the value for that. And I think we forget how um, valuable um, emotional support is. And, yeah, it just, yeah, it's, it's something that comes through quite a bit. And, yeah, I guess we are in a busy world, like we said before, where we go, 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 and we distract ourselves from feeling our feelings. But 
when we have a baby at home and we're home for long periods of time, um, there's a lot of time to think or overthink um, and feel those feelings and it can feel very new. Um, so having that safe space again to share and to have someone that's followed you for so long that knows you on your good days and possibly on your not so good days, um, there's no judgment and you, and you can feel, um, yeah, like you can share and, 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 and have someone there to listen for you. So yeah I can That's see I, I can see why so many parents second time around get get you on board because <laughs> I feel like it is it is one of those things that and like all power to people people can absolutely do it on their own and and it can be an amazing 100%. experience but I do feel like I I mean I had a magical birth experience and as I said I loved my obstetrician I couldn't fault anything uh but even still because I've been through the experience and I've also been through the postpartum experience and everything as well, everything that you're saying is just like, oh, my God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> and I just – it's like I feel like it's just the, this no-brainer second time around, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> was there yeah. any like – kind of last piece of advice you would love to there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are expect expectant mothers they might have just got pregnant might be halfway through their pregnancy but is there anything that you would love to leave them with um especially maybe around if they're potentially pondering around the idea of getting a doula on board yeah um I think what I would say is you know if you're gonna if you're looking at adding a doula to your team um, making sure you find the right one for you that's really important you need to make sure that your energy is aligned and that you have you know you can feel that positive vibes together um, so do some research reach out connect virtually um, and then meet them in person and see if there's a spark there because it is an investment obviously financially but emotionally it's massive um, as well and I would say just on the side note to that with that method and that thoroughness with you to look for a doula, so important, so important, but definitely do that with your care provider as well and where you're going to um, look at birthing um, your place of birth. It's so important to do that as well. Um, but then the other thing I would stress um, for mums right now if they're thinking about a doula would be um, that doulas don't take your partner's place. I think that's a really um, a big concern and worry sometimes. Um, and I so get that. Um, I think it's, you know, is it two's a company, three's a crowd kind of thing? It's absolutely not the case at all. Um, doulas are, yeah, like I said, we're a part of the team. We're a piece of the puzzle. Um, and because we're together for so long, we're able to really read. And we're pretty skilled at reading the room and cues of people. Um, what I've found personally in my experience is that um, the dads that I've supported actually feel more connected and emotionally available for mum because they have someone they trust um, in their corner and who can guide them a little bit um, when they're feeling overwhelmed. And yeah, I, I've become great friends with all the families that I've supported. Um, but yeah, definitely isn't two two's a company, three's a crowd. There's a room. There's a room for all of us. Um, and yeah. I, a lot of the time, even in the birth space, it's, Dad, would you like to try this or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, I don't just come in and, and cut them out. It's very, it's very much a, a together piece. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I feel like I've had this weird grin the entire time, but I just think that what you do is, it's such an incredible job. Job doesn't feel like the right word to to use, but I mean, no, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's so amazing to to meet and to chat to someone who is just so passionate about 
helping women through like this huge experience that (laughs) it's just amazing. And I, I love it. And thank you for your time because I know it is precious. Like we had to reschedule this podcast because you had an early bub arrive with one of your clients, which is just, I I suppose that's just the way things go with your, with your career choice. And that's why I commend you so much for it. I think it's, it's incredible. You give so much time to help other women. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Steph. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to my chat with Tess. I'll pop her info in our show notes. So if you'd like to learn anything more about her, you can find out more there. As mentioned at the start of this podcast, we are still running our 50% off quarterly sales. So $25 for three months of kick. If you head to our website, you can find out more www.keepitcleaner.com. You can find us on social media at Keep It Cleaner and myself at Steph Claire Smith. And a reminder, I am going on a bit of a break. We are going on a bit of a break. The Kick Pod and the Kick Bump podcast will be back um, in a matter of weeks and we are coming back with Listener Network. So we're very, very excited uh, about that. But uh, yeah, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. But I am looking forward to being back. I'm sure I'm going to have lots to update you on after the break. I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.